Coming up on this week's Skinny Jean Gardener podcast. From teenage years. Women based like girls, <laughs> I should say. Oh, I didn't want to say that, but yeah, sure. <laughs> if you're not interested in gardening, it's probably going to do it more harm. I'm playing the system. You're playing the system, mate. But they're technically two half plots. That's clever. That's good thinking. <laughs> of the same plot right, as well. Here we go, right. That's, this is getting us into a subject that, that I want to talk about. But before that, are you a parent or a teacher that want to get your school gardening in 2022? Well, the School Garden Success Plan is here just for you. It provides everything a teacher needs to get gardening. From all of the raised beds, the seeds, the compost, to the lesson plans every single month throughout the entire year. And most importantly, that's right, most importantly, teacher support we have a team that can help you the teacher with all the information that you need to teach your class how to garden it's super easy to get involved with the school garden success plan head over to skinjingardener.co.uk forward slash school success that's skinjingardener.co.uk forward slash school success to get your class gardening in 2022 on with the show Welcome uh, to the podcast, everybody. Uh, you may have heard this voice before. It is Mr. or Sir, as I like to call you, Sir Richard Suggett. That's very kind of you. Does that mean I get an OBE now? A, a um, I was trying to think of a, a funny, a funny uh, acronym. Is that called an acronym? I believe that might be a word for it, yeah. I'll, t- I'll take it. If I, if I pluck that word out of nowhere... Uh, I think of a funny acronym by the end of today's show. Excellent. All right. Excellent. How are you doing anyway? What's, uh, what's been going on uh, in Mr. Richard Suggett's world? Oh, not much really. I mean, gardening as Thanks always. Thanks for coming on the podcast. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, gardening as always. That's that's my, pretty much my life. Work, gardening. Yeah. Uh, recently got a puppy, as you know. As um, everyone knows, mate. As everyone knows. Um, she may enter here every now and then, just to warn anybody listening. She's already... Tried to bite me a few times. Yeah. You've got some injuries, I can see. So the puppies for you—they're not deliberate. It's just playful. It's like having kids. Yeah, exactly that. Slightly less bites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Suggs, uh, new format this year uh, for the podcast. A uh, bit long form. Uh-huh. Bit more chitty chatty. Um, that's about it. That's the, that's the only rules. I'll be honest with you. That's the only rules for the for this show. Am, am I the first person with this new format? You are technically the first person, but actually the first person's Dale. We've not recorded that bit yet. Uh, so been. we'll just pretend, if I ever say anything in past tense that, that me and Dale talked about, yep. 
I'll remember that for when I chat to him. Right. Excellent. So I say, oh, I remember when we, me and Dale said that last week. Yep. Did you bring it up with me? Yep, yep, with you, with you. Make sure you bring it up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, Suggs, um, we've talked about this on the podcast before, but because we sort of almost imagine that people may have not heard your story before, because I feel like the last time you were on the podcast and we talked about uh, the start of your journey was a good couple of years ago now. 2019 it might have been is it i think yeah i think if i remember right it was when you were we met up at a show you were doing in rygate eat festival something like that yeah try to try and picture now what it what i think that was the moment 2018 actually is it i think it might have been yeah i uh i'm sure i can't remember that point i thought we met bbc guide as well we did. I, I interviewed you there. Oh, okay. At Gardens World. And then you interviewed me at that place in Rygate. I can't remember the moment. That's <laughs> mental, isn't it? I need to then go back and have a look at... Yeah, they probably all blend into one. I, it was just... It feels like I've known you for years, man. Yeah, yeah. It's... um, But yeah, for anyone that's not listened to that, because I, I feel like th- this podcast has done like almost well over 400 episodes, right? Yeah. And very slowly... The first episodes that I did are just being deleted because mainly because my server only takes 300 episodes at a time. Well, there are settings, particularly with Apple, that only allow you to have up to 300 episodes on Apple anyway. Oh, okay. There are ways around it, but that usually involves you have to pay Apple a bit of money. I'm not doing that. No. no. Forget it. No, because other, it's not just Apple. Spotify, Amazon, and so on will also need it if you want to be consistent on all of them plus um we've got many a newer listener yeah coming which will only know you from the phone-in show that's true yeah so if you don't mind uh going back into your gardening past and letting a new listener know a little bit more about you yeah, I'm happy with that. Good. We've got time to kill, so uh, we should definitely do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I should have called the new podcast. Time to kill. Time to kill. I'm not going to call it that. No. Um, Suggs, how do you get into gardening, man? Everyone's story is a little bit different. Um, is it a granddad or grandma thing? Uh, kind of. What it was, I was about 10 years old, I think. And we had this area at the very top of my garden, garden that I lived with my mum then. Uh, it was when my dad lived with us, his vegetable patch. Yeah. But after they got divorced, that area just became a bit of a wilderness area. It was. He made these fence out of pallets that was still there. And beyond that fence was just brambles. Okay. And one particular summer, I just decided I was going to turn that into my vegetable patch. So I went into the shed. I was Because it was me, my mum and my sister was sort of the man of the house. So it wasn't... How old were you? Ten. Oh, ten. ten. Okay, right. So, because I come from a large family, I, my mum probably didn't get as much support from her family as what she needed in some yeah. ways. And she was a working mum as well. So I had to, uh, I was mowing the lawn already at that age, just because I felt I needed to do it. Um, it's pretty young to be like mowing the lawn. Yeah, I mean, we had a safety lawnmower then because my mum was paranoid about that. You know what? A safety lawnmower. What's that even mean? What's it? Um, it had like plastic blades that if they hit anything too hard, they would break off instead of 
cut anything. It wasn't a very good lawnmower, in all honesty, <laughs> but it was from a safety perspective. I've never even heard of them before. No, I don't think they exist anymore, on all honesty. Like a kid's safety lawnmower? I don't think it was intended for it wasn't kids. wasn't advertised as that. No, no. It was, but it, it was just a safety lawnmower, so I... Um, I mean, I did cracked on with it. Cracked on with it, yeah. As as I think you have to growing up. I mean, back in this would have been the nineties. Then it was kind of what you had to do. Yeah, you know, health and safety wasn't quite as uh, robust as it is now. Those were the days. Yeah, but yeah. Anyway, the real yeah, I was mowing the lawn at that age. Yes. Um, this pallet fence that beyond that it just became a, a full of brambles. Now, my neighbour on the other side, he's had a beautiful garden flowers everywhere um, and we would quite often chat I was friends with his sons uh, and I just decided one day I was going to turn that into my vegetable patch so I started doing that and digging it over and then all of a sudden my mum's family started coming out of the woodwork once they heard what I was doing so my aunts were coming over to help my granddad was coming over to help how would you even know what you were doing my mum would talk about it it just it was just just in conversation, yeah. Well, just come up. No, but how did you know what you were doing? Oh, I don't know. I was well. I think at school we did a bit of gardening. Oh, okay. Um, we had one teacher particularly who would enter flower shows and stuff, and she got us to enter the village flower shows as well. Oh, okay. And it, when it was just geranium sort of thing in pots, the most easiest thing you could do. Um, hell of a show. Hell of a hell of a show. <laughs> well, it was just for the kids' side. I mean, the, the this was in a little village, so the village. Flower and Fate, you know, it was a big event where, especially back then, the entire village would come out onto the recreation field and there'd be a big marquee and all these competitions and stuff. Um, and who could grow the best courgettes and marrows and potatoes, that sort of event, which still go on now. But I don't think these days they've got quite the same appeal as they used to have in those days. Yeah. Weirdly. Um, do, you reckon, do they go on more down this way? Because in Essex... I don't know if I told you this before, but we there used to be in Colchester the biggest rose festival ever, uh-huh. and I went to the rose festival show a few years ago now, and it was I mean even they said pitiful, wasn't great. And it don't feel like them sort of things happen as much anymore. Do you get them down here? We have one. I I live in a town now, Littlehampton. Yeah, we do have an annual one here, but I've never visited it, which I feel a bit. I should you should be visit. running it, mate. I, I I keep saying I'm going to go down there and have a look, but it's always on. I think it's usually on when Gardener's World Live is on. Oh, okay, it's a tough so, struggle. Yeah, I always end up elsewhere. Um, but the, back in eighties, nineties, the village ones that I would go to. I mean, the village I grew up in was quite small. Yeah, uh, and it did it in the village hall then. But then I went to the village where my parents grew up in, which was even smaller, and it was a much bigger event. Right, okay, yeah. But I think that was that, that village feel because that brought the village together. Community back then, mate. Community, yeah, yeah. So that's how the gardening thing sort of come across from school? That, that's how I started. I mean, it just felt like a natural uh, thing to do to me, just something that just naturally I just naturally drifted into. So how did this allotment go at the end of the garden? Well, I was started digging it over because I, I dug back then. Uh, clearing out all the weeds and planted a few tomatoes, cucumbers, that sort of thing. Uh, and then all of a sudden, like I say, all these people started coming up the woodwork and offering their help and advice. Yeah. 
Well, what I didn't know then, my granddad, well, I, I knew my granddad, he always grew vegetables in his garden. He had a huge, I mean, they still, well, he doesn't own it anymore, but um, my, my, my family still own it. I put it like that. It's probably the easiest way. This huge garden, and he always grew. I mean, he had five kids, and they didn't have two pence to rub between them, sort of thing. They they grew up with very little money. They relied on their garden to feed the family. Yeah. So, I always knew he did, grew his own vegetables as a way to survive. What I didn't know, and this wasn't until he passed away a few years ago, he actually grew up on a plant nursery in in that tiny little village oh, okay so um had an outbreak of world war Two. he his teacher got him to teach this class or the school how to grow their own food because obviously rationing and everything it was, it was quite pretty important back pretty then. important i i didn't didn't know that until his funeral which i'm kind of annoyed at myself for not knowing about did he never tell you about it no my granddad was not the type of person that would talk about himself like that right okay he was very um humble i think is the word it described right okay him um so no he never talked about it and i i heard that and i just sort of thought to me that seems like my gardening career just seems to be a natural thing in my blood yeah it's always been there always been there yeah oh that's um i get a bit jealous about that yeah that's yeah, quite cool. it, it, it's it's really cool. I I wish I had learned a bit more from my granddad back then. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, because the family dynamics, part of a huge family. Yeah. It wasn't so easy, uh, and then of course the teenage years come along, and you sort of. I still did gardening, but I wasn't as interested in it as no. I was beforehand. There's other stuff going on in teenage years. Women mostly, or girls, <laughs> I should say. Well, I didn't want to say that, but yeah, sure. <laughs> it's teenagers, isn't it? We're all. Well, when did it come back to you after after your womanising days? Um, well, I still garden right through. I yeah. still garden right through my teenage years, but I was a bit more. I didn't talk about it. It was just something I did on the quiet, like a like a secret. Like yeah, like a secret. It wasn't until I guess I I suffered from post traumatic stress at one point. Um. And I was taking treatment for that. Uh, it was an absolutely awful time in my life. And I started to sort of look at my life and start to think, well, what makes me happy? What do I want to do? My my apprenticeship I was doing at the time was crumbling around me because I was so ill. Right. And that's kind of when I started to take gardening a bit more seriously because it gave me an outlet that helped deal with my post-traumatic stress and focus me and then started giving me a reason to get out of bed in the morning. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, that's strange <laughs> that... Well, it's not strange, I suppose, is it? But do you think if do you think if you didn't do that um, when you were younger, that, was, that would be something you would have fell back onto to deal with the post-traumatic... I, I don't know. I think is my answer. To that. I like to think so. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know. I think gardening often gets classed as something to help with mental health and everything else. And I do believe it does. It definitely helps in my case. Yeah. But I don't think it will help everyone because if you're not interested in gardening, it's not going to interest you. 
I mean, it's a good point. I mean, over the past couple of years, it does seem to be something everyone talks about gardening. Gardening is the, like, doctors should prescribe gardening. It's almost like saying, oh, going on a roller coaster helps with stress. Prescribe, I mean, it's not exactly the same, but you know (laughs) what I'm trying to, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, you're right, like, it doesn't mean it's going to work for everyone. I think sometimes it's a little bit dangerous yeah, to yeah. say that that's the thing that's going to yeah. sort you out. Yeah. Like for me this year, especially, it's helped me. Yeah. Um, but if I wasn't interested in gardening, probably maybe it wouldn't. If someone yeah. said to me, hey, go and uh, go and do some gardening, that make you feel better. Yeah. But I it wouldn't. <laughs> no, no, no. And I think that's where, as much as we love gardening, I mean, you know, groups of people out there, they would try and, tell you to go and go in the garden and it will help with your mental health if you're not interested in gardening it's probably going to do it more harm in some ways well, yeah because you're trying difficult. to get in, you're, no, you're trying to get interested in something it's like it's like i hate football yeah i'm not into football yeah. so if i if for, for whatever reason i don't know just imagine a world where this could happen you go to the doctors and they say I'm going to prescribe you a season ticket to Cole United. Now, I wouldn't ever prescribe anyone to go and watch Cole United, full stop. Uh-huh. But to go and watch football, and that will make you feel a lot better. Well, 100% wouldn't, because I don't really like football. Yeah. I've just, I feel like you need to be a little bit interested in it before you... Yeah, yeah. Um, Even attempt. I don't know. like Because yeah. for some people, football could be their outlet for yeah. um like de-stressing and helping their mental health yeah yeah but some people who may not if we use the gardening may not have shown any interest in gardening beforehand yeah then they were introduced into it and it interests them yeah that's true i so. mean use maybe football analogy is slightly off because gardening is a little bit more calmer yeah gardening also in some ways uses I guess football is a bit physical as well and mental. So forget what I said. Forget <laughs> what I said. <laughs> I don't know. It's um, it's mental health stuff is it's a difficult one. I think sometimes. Uh, uh yeah, yeah. I I just I worry that it gets gardening and mental health get thrown in because it does work, but I don't think it will work for everyone. And I I get worried that some people would get upset when their mental health isn't improving when they're doing gardening. I think I think that's a, that's a really good point. I think if it's I think gardening can help a lot of people. But on its own Yeah. I'd never advise just gardening on its own. Yeah. yeah. If you've got if you're if you're feeling not great and struggling. Yeah. Do some gardening. Make sure you also get some professional help. Professional help. help. Yeah. Yeah. Um And it's okay not to be okay. Yeah, I wish they come up with another saying for that because because yeah. uh, I do like it's okay not to be okay, but uh, I don't know what other saying I'd like them to come up no, with. No, no, it's, it's a difficult one. Yeah, but yeah. Um, mental health covered it. <laughs> yeah. Let me just interrupt this piece of audio gold by saying, hey, if you want to support everything that Lee, yes, I speak about myself in the third person, 
does with the School Gun Success Plan and this podcast, you can through Skinny Jean Gardener Shop. That's right, Skinny Jean Gardener Shop. But I know what you're saying. Hey, I bet you'll be selling some T-shirts. So we've done that. We've missed out on the T-shirts. I said they were one-off. You've missed it, mate. You've missed it. We've got, in 2022, some very unique, very unique, handcrafted items in the shop, including a 60-minute audio best-of of the phone-in show, on cassette tape that's right and some very unique polaroids not like that polaroids that you can get your hands on from behind the scenes of the gardening world oh yeah that's right um plus so much more which i've been handcrafting getting creative with just for you if you want to find out more and have a look it's skinjigana.co.uk forward slash shop skinjingana.co.uk forward slash shop right back to the podcast um so when did you get the allotment i got my allotment well the first i i I didn't originally want an allotment yeah um i moved in with my wife goodness knows how many years she wasn't my wife back then obviously and she just bought a house right and we had this tiny little garden out the back before that i was living in a flat so i didn't have any garden and I started just, I basically commandeered a garden before I even moved in there, in all honesty, and growing tomatoes and chilies out there. And a, f- a friend of hers, or a friend of ours, I should say, who she had taken on an allotment plot but wanted a bit of help because he just had heart surgery. Yeah. And he sort of said to us, if you pound me, you can have that half of the plot. And I was like, yeah, great. I'm going to do that. Um so I started doing that, and all of a sudden, I thought I didn't have time for it, but all of a sudden, I suddenly found the time for it. Right, yeah. Which is really interesting. It um, like drags you in. It dragged me in, yeah. Dragged me in. And, okay, the trouble with it, it was an hour's drive each way. So I had to go for a day well, for it to be around the corner, is it? That's no, no. That's, but, that's a big commitment, man. It was a big commitment, yeah, yeah. But it was my start into the whole allotment because, as I said, our garden was tiny. It was something like 12 metres long by 5 metres wide. Right. And that had to, it was north facing, this garden. So it had no sunlight apart from right down the very end. I had to have a little shed full of lawnmower and stuff, um, as well as somewhere to hang the wash in. Yeah. So really, I only had this street of about 8 metres long by one metre wide that I could use to grow vegging. Right, okay. So in that way, it was a bit of a blessing. And we were about to get married as well. Um, and well, I swore after having the allotment. And I was trying to save as much money as I could so we could pay for the wedding. We don't we don't get into debt. So we wanted to pay for everything up front and we scrimped and saved. Um, we were living on £20 a week. And that was due to having the allotment that we were growing our vegetables in. Oh, that was like supplementing. That was supplementing what we were, yeah. What, from the allotment that was an hour away? From the allotment that was an hour away. So how long do you have that allotment for? A few years. I can't, I think it might have been three, four years. Right, okay. And then we moved to this house that I'm in now. How often did you go to that allotment? I went at least once a week. If I was working in that town, because yeah. it was in Brighton, then I would go in there on the way home from work or for lunch or something. Well. But it was at least once a week, and it had to be a full day there. So my entire Saturday was taken up on the allotment. 
that's that's proper commitment, man. You must have really loved growing your own. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I mean, I, I think what I loved about it is it was a bit of peace and quiet. I was away from a man. I mean that in the nicest possible way. Yeah, sure, yeah. But um, she won't listen to this, don't worry. No, no, but she's just outside that door. She might hear it. <laughs> <laughs> no, she. It was. It was my hobby. It gave me something to come back and talk to her about. Yeah. So, it kind of helped our relationship in that regard as well. This is going down ways I never thought would We're happen. Going deep, man. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> um. So yeah, no, it worked for that. That was. It was good, but yeah, it was a commitment. Yeah. An hour-long commitment. It's um. I like when we did Jimmy's Jimmy's farm. That was about forty minutes away from my house, yeah. and we went. Well, it ended up being once a month in the end. Once we got it yeah. to a, a, a good place, because you know it was just it's difficult to get there and back. Did and, you have Olive at that point? Um, I don't think I did. You know, yeah. I don't. I think we might have just had Olive. Just at the, when it when we stopped having Jimmy doing Jimmy's, I think I might have just had Olive, right? And that was the point where I was like, I can't keep coming up to this. I mean, lucky for us at the farm, there was also another gardener that sort of watered stuff for us, because yeah. if not, we would have not managed it. Sure. But just having that think, like even having a ten minute drive um, to an allotment sometimes can feel like a lot. It's a bit like going to a gym, isn't it? Yeah. You know, like just. Getting to the gym seems like a big thing. Yeah. To and then once you're there, you're fine. Yeah. Um, an hour drive though, man, is good. Is good going, keeping it up yeah. for a few years. Yeah. Well, sometimes I would leave at like six o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And that would save fifteen minutes. Yeah, yeah. The time. Um, but other times it could take me two, three hours to get back, and the traffic was bad. Yeah. So. That's extreme, isn't it? But then you moved. Moved into this house. And then. Well, if, originally I wasn't going to give up the allotment that I had there. I was going to carry on with the journey. But yeah. we had a bigger garden. So I was like, yeah, great. I can grow bigger stuff. Because although I had half a plot, it was quite a fair size. I wanted to do more. Yeah. I wanted to grow more. Um, a bigger garden. But what I soon realised is that look, how growing veg in the garden is great. But there's... Compared to growing an allotment, I think you've got to be a bit neater and tidier in the garden. Yeah. Uh, and although I do grow my own veg in my garden, I'm not a neat and tidy person, as you know. I can confirm that. <laughs> in I'm the a, nicest of ways. No, I, I, I'm a messy person. It's, it's organised chaos. Organised chaos. I know where everything is, Yeah. but I'm a messy person. And from the neighbour's perspective, I wouldn't want to be looking out on that every day. Really. What, your garden? My garden, I mean, my garden's okay. There's areas I'm not happy with. I think it's a. I I was looking out the back window earlier. Yeah, it's. I like your garden. It's more yeah. interesting your neighbours. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's a good point. Actually, it's interesting because it's not sterile. It's not just lawn. Yeah. Um. I've got a lawn area. I've got the veg patch area. Then I've got the patio area. Um. But the patio area at the moment is particularly messy, and. I don't mind it being interesting, but messy is what I don't like, especially four compost bins, for example, stacked up down the side. Yeah. All in use, but they're these horrible plastic Dalek. Not a fan. I, they do the job, but I just think... That's old school. That's old school allotmenting, though, because I feel like 
there aren't some nicer looking uh what are they called again? Compost bins. Compost bins. <laughs> Couldn't think of the words. Yeah. There's some nice looking compost bins. Like people care about aesthetics a little bit more now. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I do agree with that. And um the one of my compost bins, not one of those four, but the other one that's underground, that's a pretty good one because it's discreet. That's and it doubles cool up as a seat. Yeah, yeah, that's a good um, one. Though. So But before you got before you started doing you never used to do so much in your garden. Yeah, I've expanded it over the time. Originally, it was the vegetable patch was probably half the size. Yeah. Then I got the chickens quite quick because I always wanted chickens. And then um, as we've gone on, because when we moved in, there was sort of dedicated areas almost that had, the neighbours had almost set up and I'd stuck with that. Not the neighbours, sorry, the originally owners before us yeah. had set up and I stuck with that. But as I've expanded the vegetable patch... And Amanda's given me, I don't want to say she's given me permission, but it's her garden as much as it's mine, although she's happy for me to do what I want with it. Yeah. I still have to factor in her opinions on things. Yeah, of course, yeah. You know, so she's been happy for me to expand it. As long as she still gets a bit of area that she can... But your garden is almost a lot, an allotment on its own, but you've yeah. also got another allotment. Well, technically, I've got two allotment plots. Is that two allotment plots? Two yours? allotment plots. Well, technically, they're one that was cut in half. Yeah. Um, but they were leased out as half plots. I took on one half when I applied for it. The other half came available and I asked for that one. So technically, I've got two half plots, but they're two halves of the same plot. Now, that, that's what? quite. <laughs> <laughs> so my allotment plot was cut in half. Yeah, right. And then on the thing as to A and B. As, right, okay, yeah. And they rented that out. I came along and I took on originally plot B. Yes. And then plot A came available, which I applied for and got. But I keep them as two half plots, two individual plots, because if they were one plot, I would only be allowed two watering butts, water butts. Because they're two plots, I can have four. You're playing the system. I'm playing the system. You're playing the system, mate. But they're technically two half plots. That's clever. <laughs> that's good thinking. Of the same plot right, as well. Here we go, right. That's, this is getting us into a subject that, that I wanted to talk about because allotments, right? I feel like there's a lot of rules in allotments okay. that uh, you've found a lot of loopholes by the sounds of it. Yeah. Why is there so many rules with an allotment? Because it's run by, I'm gonna. I don't want to offend anyone with this, but I think it's run by a run by a lot of people, who kind of feel that these needs rules to keep everybody else happy. So what I mean by that is, uh, if you're growing, I don't know, willow tree for example, and it shades out your neighbour's plot, they're not going to be happy with that. And that, that I kind of get. But ain't everyone like friendly on the plot? Like, is there not like some sort of like community like? Oh, if you had a willow tree that was blocking, surely Dave next door would go, oh, you're right, Rich, do you mind uh -huh. chopping that tree down? I think 90% of people would be happy with that, but there's that 10% who would get arsy because they're losing their willow tree. Sorry, I shouldn't have said that. Sorry. You're all okay. It's all right. Um, so there's always some people, isn't there? There's always some people. But then you go to the other end where some people who are... They call the, the committee. committee. 
Yeah, <laughs> who don't want to use something like chemicals on the plot, so they want the entire allotment site to be organic, which I can sort of understand. Yeah, but the, I, they force that that opinion on everyone else by forcing their whole allotment site to be organic. Yeah, it's a bit. Um... It's a tough one, though, isn't it? I don't really know how to... No, I, I don't. Do you think it's a generational thing? I don't think it's necessarily a generational thing. I think it's people have their own beliefs and they want like organic gardening, which I think most gardeners now are organic gardening. But there are st- still some people who will resort to weed killer, for example, Yeah. Uh, because it works for them and they've used it for years. And pe- other people don't like to use weed killer. And they want to, I want to say they want to force their opinions onto everyone else. But I think I'd hate weed killer. I won't use it. When I first started gardening, I think I become an accidental organic gardener because Uh I was too tight to go and buy any chemicals, and didn't really. It wasn't my go-to. I didn't think, oh, gardening, I need some chemicals. I, I don't. I didn't never got to that point. I don't understand where. Where that's all come from? Well, I can tell you where it came from. It post World War Two. Ah, oh, damn them post World Two. Why? Basically, before that, the the soils were being a bit more looked after, and then but then we went into an intensive farming method, and the soils were degrading. We were taking nutrients out of soil faster, so these chemical companies came along and said, "Well, if you feed it this." It'll make your plants grow. What does work? And then all of a sudden, oh, but you've got to keep feeding it. So it then became... It was a clever sales tactic. Sales tactic. You rely on those chemicals. The farmers would rely on those chemicals for it to work. Right. And then all of a sudden, weed killer came along. Well, no, you don't have to weed as much. Yeah. Um, It's all about money at the end of the day and making people's life easier. Yeah, but not... Ideally, the environment is not, not loving that. No, I'm hoping that's changing now. Best thing I've seen recently talking about weed killer. This is actually a couple of years ago. My neighbour moved in. Nice neighbour. And uh, he cut his grass and obviously didn't have anything to the edges. So, poured weed killer uh, around the edges of his garden. Now, I don't know if that's genius or uh, just crazy. But I uh, thought it was a weird go-to. I think it's a weird go- weird go-to. I mean, I don't know where he learnt that from. It wasn't I, the skinny jean garden. Like. I know. I just, I mean, I, I think a bit like you. I don't understand. I, I, I mean, I probably don't use weed killer because I don't want to pay for it. Yeah. But I don't see the point in paying for it when it's not necessary. There are some extreme cases where I think weed killer is necessary. Japanese knotweed being one of them. Yeah, but they are. That's an extreme case. Um, but for it to be a go-to for something like that, where you just, you know, what's that? A half moon spade to kill off, the, cut the grass, and a bit of a shovel. I thought it was. I don't know. I don't know if he learned that from Gardener's World. I don't think they've ever done that on Gardener's World as a quick trick. Maybe years and years ago. Maybe coming up next week. Well, that's, I mean, that scares me, especially like this fox that we've got around our way. He don't care to us. I can't even protect my own bin bags, let alone a chicken. Well, but if you get the right thing. Yeah. Uh, 
the date pretty much off. 